0: Here they come!
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Matt from Neazaz Productions to discuss the dragon creature from the Space 1999 episode, Dragon's Domain. The action time is a factor in this, so please pay attention. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello, Matt. A um, bit of a special episode, this one, because this is the first time um, in the show where one of the co-hosts has never actually seen the special effects sequence, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going to be released before this, but I yeah, I have, I have not seen this before, and if uh, I'm the first on the show to do this, and that is true. Yeah, I've yep, never seen a second of Space 1999. I've known about it, but never actually took the time to watch it until now.
1: See... When you said that, I, I was very surprised by that because it, it even though it was um, a Jerry Anderson production, it, it was when America was very, very involved with his shows, and mm-hmm. you know there was an awful lot of American money in it, and it was being sold essentially as a as an American show. So I just assumed, you know, that you being a science fiction fan, um, that you would have known this series as much as, say, uh, Star Trek or something. Yeah,
0: I, I actually did. I, I know part of my assignment was to not research this episode, and I didn't at all. And I tried to stay away from researching the series, but I really needed to, like you said, kind of find out why, or I rather should say what you alluded to, why I hadn't seen this before. And I guess this was, the best I can tell, again, I don't know, is that this is in the early years of syndication, and our syndication... Um, broadcasting over here in the United States in that time, uh, period, what is it like late seventies, early eighties, 75, this was, Oh really early seventies. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't a whole lot of, uh, what do I want to say? It wasn't as big as it was when I was growing, started to get a little older, like in the, in the mid to late eighties. So, Chances are one of the weird local stations probably licensed this show, but put it on at a time that I would have never even stumbled upon it. Like just when it was opposite of something else on the big broadcast televisions or shows or whatnot. And I I think it was just a matter of it not being in my face. And I completely missed it and honestly didn't really even think about it or even really know about it until. And this is going to be an obscure reference that I think you'll get. Until I really had a spotlight put on Martin Landau in the movie Ed Wood. And then I <laughs> wanted to learn more about him and it led me back to Space 1999.
1: Right, right. So you didn't know Martin Landau from Mission Impossible. You're too too young to have known. Yeah, that was Mission too young. Impossible.
0: I was probably too young for that too. And uh yeah, so I ever since wanting to learn more about Martin Landau, because I loved the movie Ed Wood and I really loved him as Bell well, well Without getting into an entirely different show, you know my love for Universal yeah. horror movies. So him <laughs> playing Bill Lagosi really struck a chord with me. And then that's how I kind of learned about the Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, and always had it on my radar. Just never watched it until now. And I'm 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 glad to finally get that that going. But it's just been a huge blind spot my entire life and until I'd say like the early nineties when I finally found out that it how long it had been around. And then up until now, when I actually found a, found an episode, it's just one of those things. I, I never stumbled on it. And then when I found out about it, never got around to watching, that's kind of probably the, the pure and simple of it.
1: Right. see, see over here. I mean, um, it was massive. It, it, the The lead up to it was massive. It it was everywhere. There were like you know comics and stuff like that. And Jerry Anderson shows were always big in the UK, but he hadn't done one since uh, UFO, which was like sixty nine seventy, and that was quite adult in theme and and was put on you know um, you know it, it was tucked away in the evenings, late evenings. So there wasn't really any action packed science fiction really since Star Trek, um, which was like you know the late 60s so there'd been a void of at least five years or something like that where there wasn't you had doctor who on bbc one um but that wasn't in any way you know the big budget action-packed things that jerry anderson was producing and uh mm-hmm. yeah as i say it was on itv back then we only had uh, three channels you had bbc one bbc two and itv that was it um and yeah and it was massive it was a huge huge show um and anyone who is like, you know, from Britain and roughly my age will remember Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. And the amount of times I've I've met people when we've, you know, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine has come up, it inevitably gets round to somebody saying, "Oh, the one with the one-eyed monster," you know, every time. <laughs> and then and then, I'm pretty sure uh, the the discussion that you and I are going to have is pretty much the same discussion that everybody <laughs> who ever saw it back in 1975 um will have if that subject ever comes up you know mm, okay okay so without further ado do, let's go ahead and have a clip
0: docking seal is perfect atmosphere is safe temperature 28 degrees radiation zero what could be better come on sesame open up just to check darwin I'm waiting to go there, too.
1: Opening now. Close it, Tony! What is in? Wind, noise, light. It's pretty weird. Okay, so Matt, I knew that you hadn't seen this episode. I knew you hadn't seen Space 1999. And I, and I said to you in, in prep, please don't watch this much beforehand. And please mm-hmm. don't read any of the uh, background or or anything about about it. Because I, w- I was trying to get you into a situation that the 13-year-old me was. Mm, back okay. in January 1975, um, it used to be on... I think when it was first shown, it was about um, 11, 12 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Okay, and I used to watch it every episode. You only had something called the TV Times or the Radio Times, which was your listings thing. Um, So there was no preamble, of course, no Internet or anything like that. You had no idea what each episode was going to be about. Space 1999 famously has a, you know, this episode montage at the beginning during the credits. um, And they deliberately didn't show the creature they didn't show the dragon um so i had absolutely no clue what i was just about to watch um and i kind of wanted to put you into this position into the same position okay okay so it's going to be interesting on the pre-show uh um, talk we've just had i've deliberately kept away from it i don't want i don't want you to i didn't want you to say anything about it i wanted to record all this live okay okay Right, so we're we're going to start from um, um, where we first encounter the dragon. The first time we encounter the dragon is where you have this ship called the Ultra Probe, um, which has been sent from from Earth to check out this new planet that they've discovered called Planet Ultra, um, and it's docked with one of these derelict craft. They've come across a spaceship spaceship graveyard, and they've docked with a dele- uh, derelict craft, haven't they? Right. Yes. So, I know we're talking about the Dragon today, but I just wanted to mention, what what do you think of that? You've never seen Space 1999 before. What do you think, effects-wise, of what you've seen right up until this point?
0: I was actually really enjoying the effects. I mean, I kept in mind the the year it was made. And even with that, I mean, the model work, it's uh, (laughs) kind of just the off-air conversation we had before we recorded. Even model work that's, I guess that's, yeah, it's over 40 years old now. It's still. I'm still buying it more than if that was computer animated ten years ago. Mm, yeah. Sure. So I still really enjoyed watching it. It had. It had a. Um, uh, it 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 reminded me in a good way. It's a weird comparison, but it, it reminded me of um, some things that they were doing in the kind of the mid years of Red Dwarf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can buy that because it, it it is model work, and you know it's shot on 35 millimeter film, exactly what mm-hmm. they did with Red Dwarf. I think an awful lot to do with the believability as well is um all, all, all the spaceships that you see in the spaceship graveyard is by a guy called martin bauer who who we're going to be um um coming across in upcoming episodes um but also that they the the photography uh, the way it was put together we was by brian johnson and nick alder who went on to work on alien and also on empire strikes back and when i i watched it this morning you know to get ready for the show and yeah those, those spacecraft and the way they've shot i mean that easily could be you know put alongside some of the model work that you see in alien or one of the uh, original star wars
0: yeah oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. anyway the ultra probe, probe docks um all the checks uh prove okay and um they go into the derelict um and then we get a lot of wind, um we get a lot of light and noise um before we get into the the uh the beastie appearing, did you recognize anyone in this scene
0: <laughs> no, not directly, but I will have to say it did take me at least oh man, maybe a third of the episode to stop looking at the i I, I will tell you character names are already escaped my memory. I just I'm not good with names, but the the blonde woman I could not get out of my head looked a lot like Dr. Joyce Brothers.
1: <laughs>
0: so I wouldn't recognize them directly, but I kept thinking, man, that woman looks like Dr. Joyce Brothers. But no, I did not recognize anyone directly. The one guy, oh man, I even had to look him up when it was over. Cause he looked a lot like him, but didn't sound like him. He looked like Baltar from the original Battlestar Galactica, but it wasn't him.
1: Uh, nope. But I tell you, Matt, Matt, I mean, this is going to be embarrassing. You are seriously going down on the old fanboy credentials. You oh, no, really? Yeah. You've watched this episode. The, 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 guy that's goes in with the, uh, the, the three ladies, uh, that's Admiral ozzle Oh, no kidding. That's Michael shared. Ah, oh. yeah.
0: Nope. Didn't I, I, would love to sit here and say, Oh yes, of course. But nope, nope <laughs> right, right, right over my head. I'll admit it.
1: Yeah, no, that, that that's Admiral Wazell there, um saying that um, you know, when 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 Selene says uh, what's going on and he says, you know, noise, wind, you know, that's Admiral Ozzle. Yep. No, Oh dear Max. Yep. Oh no,
0: <laughs> Won't be the first time I've let a lot of a large fan base of Star Wars down.
1: See, this is where you've got to put in something about I had a late night last night. I'm not. Oh, that is old. true. That is true. Go. I
0: did. I, I did. I will, I will say this. The uh, <laughs> before that I did go to a to a local brewery to do a review and did have quite a few samples. So I had that in my favor or against me, which I don't really want to look at it.
1: That's it. That's what's fried your long term memory. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. All right. All right. That's explained anyway. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we get wind, we get light and uh, then it. <laughs> appears the dragon appears um i've only got one word here on, on my notes which is horrific um, what do you think of it matt uh
0: we're talking the physical one now right
1: yeah the physical one or, uh,
0: yeah it was it is a, a a combination of just so many things that are frightening i think just to the the, the whole primitively frightening it's it's got appendages that aren't recognizable i mean i think that's what makes i, I kind of uneasy around just looking at a, an octopus or a squid in a aquarium because they they move so unnaturally it's got the the unrecognizable sounds the the low gurgling and the just the and again like the the wind and the light in with that it, it it is it's it is just attacks the i think the entire primal fear i think and i think that's what it was supposed to do and and it did it well
1: it is totally alien it doesn't look like anything i mean space 1999 up until this point i mean when we get into series two it all goes a bit silly and a bit like lost in space and you do get monsters but in this first season you only had monsters i think twice and this is one of them and gordon bennett i mean the 13 year old me i think when it first arrived my jaw just hung on the floor it just yeah Bam, um, yeah, that, and it's
0: not. There's no real. Uh, I don't want to say lead up to it. There's not a bunch of teasers. There's that that light whirlpool that is mm-hmm. indicates something is going to happen. But yeah, it's just the big reveal all at once. Is like yeah, I I think I. I'm glad it was done that way instead of seeing peaks before. It. Well, I don't know. I guess there wouldn't have been commercial breaks built into this particular production. But I mean, in a scene, just like you see a tentacle slip around the corner, I'm, I'm glad it was all in your face when it when it happened.
1: It is. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're, you're dropped straight into it. I mean, there is an advert yep. break shortly after this scene, but you're dropped into it. There's no like, yeah, you know, um, you're, you know, tension building or anything. It just is there and it and it is hideous i mean this 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 glowing eye you've got all the tentacles and you've got that that mouth thing with all those dangling mini tentacles underneath it and and that roar that 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 roar as well just over and over i mean there's been an awful lot of talk about this you know um since about what were they thinking did they think Putting this out at at lunchtime on a Saturday in a family (laughs) show, you know, what were they thinking?
0: Um, So that's when it aired? Yeah. uh, Okay, it's it's funny because as I was researching, trying to figure out what channel Philadelphia had it on, I couldn't find Philadelphia specific, but I'd find other major city markets like Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Chicago. And it all seems to have been blocked in with their Saturday morning program as well, like after the kids cartoon stuff were done and then you got your – Oh, whatever news update, depending on the market, then it went into their afternoon syndication program. And I thought, oh, that was just odd. But that's just where our syndication fell. But I guess they were following format. That's that's interesting. I would not expect this to be on Saturday morning on. No,
1: no. It was, and, and yeah, that's that, weird. That, And that's the right word you use there. Nobody suspected. Nobody knew this. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's got such a massive impact, because if you don't know, and, and, you know, there've been quite a few episodes of the show before now. And, you know, you had aliens, but they were basically it was Peter Cushing with silver paint on his face or Christopher Lee with a funny hat. You know, Um, it. you know, you had aliens, but you didn't have alien aliens, if you see what I mean.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, they looked different than humans, but, and, and it was a coat of paint or makeup, like you're saying, or a funny wig. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it, it's, I know it's exactly not, what you're saying. Yeah. It's not too dissimilar to what happened later on in Star Trek Next Generation and that, where you just put some Rice Krispies or something on somebody's, you know, eyebrows, and that's an alien, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, I had, sorry. I, I got to tell you this, I had to scrub the video because I could now get
0: the Admiralzal thing out of my head. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I found, my def- I found my line of defense, albeit 10 minutes too late. I've never seen this gentleman without a hat. If you put a hat on him, maybe I would have recognized him. Ah, right, right. The hairline right. threw me off. Ah, there you go. That's my there story, and that's. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that and the brewery. <laughs> well, that's, <Okay. laughs> that's just a blanket excuse I used for 20 years.
1: Well, well... Well, that's what I use too. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> right, yeah. anyway, so, you know, I mean, that's bad enough. I mean, you know, you've got this hideous creature um, that is just 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 so radically different and, and just horrible. But Admiral, I can't remember his name, so I'm, I'll just call him Admiral <laughs> yeah um, that works. He, he gets hypnotized um, and sort of like stumbles towards it, uh, struggles with the tentacles for a bit. Uh, not too convincingly, I must say, um and this is when it gets even worse when you think that's bad enough, he gets sucked in to this mouth thing <laughs> yeah he gets spat out a few seconds later and he's just this this horrible dissolved body again yeah,
0: I've, like uh, almost like a like a like a uh, almost like a cobweb coating on him I don't yeah. know how to describe it, but it, it's it's not quite slimy it's it, it's more cobweb like and it's kind of, it's he's not wrapped in it like a mummy, but it's kind of covering him. Yeah, it's yeah. ugh. Yeah, and there's yeah. Like, maybe, like maybe what two thirds of him. It's not even his whole body.
1: No, what the hell is going on? This is, I know, family, right? Yeah, this is a family show. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. to all these children? But again, I've put horrific <laughs> on my yeah. show notes. Yeah. So, so a girl shoots it. She gets hypnotized. She gets sucked in. Same thing happens to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last girl gets it. Uh, despite Selene trying to save her, um, he goes back to the command module, he hacks out a tentacle for a bit and escapes. Um, and that's the first segment over. And that's where the advert break was. Um, oh, okay. When, okay, when good, the good. command mo- module detaches, um, that's where you got your first advert break. And I think everybody needed an advert break after yeah, that. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder how many uh children actually came back to part two of the show after yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good question yeah yeah um anyway uh we we have to fast forward quite a a way through uh the show what do you think of the show by the way what do you think of this story what do you think of space 99 uh, 99 before we get to it
0: i honestly had no real idea what this was about and i was pleasantly surprised i was really intrigued um but i thought it was like an ongoing serial i'm guessing if this episode is an example it 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 isn't really like each one you could watch one almost any time in sequence is that correct
1: yeah at at the um um at the beginning of each episode uh, Helena she says you know x amount of days since leaving earth's orbit but that kind of like interchangeable and there's lots of contradictions but you know like like anything in science fiction in in the modern world you can go back and look at it and you can rip it apart but it, it, it wasn't designed like that you weren't meant to remember what last week's episode said you know right okay that's
0: yeah i don't, I don't know why i thought it was like an on, ongoing thing I, again that, that probably just a, a was it a jump to conclusion in my mind, but I was, yeah, yeah I was actually in, enjoying it. I mean, apart, I mean, I, I'm really surprised if it was on Saturday afternoons after the cartoons ran through, I don't know, maybe I was just a little too young if we aired it the same years. Cause I would have been, what was, what did you say it was? 75? 75. 75, 75. Okay. I, yeah. I would have been four or five
1: and. Yeah, you're a bit I too young did, there, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I probably didn't really get the sci-fi bug till Star Wars, so maybe, maybe that's why I hadn't caught on to this. Now, why I didn't watch it later, especially with it being accessible, you know, with very little effort on the internet, I, I have no mm-hmm. excuse for that. But I guess I can understand why I didn't see it as a kid. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm enjoying I was enjoying it and I probably yeah. continue to watch more unless this is the pinnacle. I don't know if I want to be disappointed in the rest of them or not.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I mean this is the one that, you know, a lot of fans um apart from the the, the first episode which um you, you know details how Mer, uh, the, the moon left earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. Um this is cited as uh, as pretty much the pinnacle of the show. Um, um it's one of the reasons why I chose um this for the first Space 1999 episode. Okay. Um yeah, I mean I think it was popular in America, thinking about it, because I know when Starlog magazine came out, which was what, 76, 77, it was almost either just before or just after Star Wars came out. Um, Space 1999 did feature quite a bit um, in those early episodes. And I think Jerry Anderson himself had a had a column. He had a, like a two page article each issue. So I think Space 1999 was around. Um, I think it was just a case that you were a bit too young for it yeah yeah um That's... some something this isn't behind the scenes but just a little aside um in this segment between Cellini leaving and you know the the moon uh finding the graveyard when you see the flashback um to before the moon left uh orbit and you see um you know uh koenig um at, on earth in an office um, and they're talking about, you know, who's going to actually pilot the ultra probe. I don't suppose you um recognize that office, did you? Oh,
0: no, not at the first viewing.
1: I never did. And it wasn't until I was looking into the background of, of this episode. It's actually... um m's office from james bond
0: oh (laughs) i'm not sure i would have picked up on that without a little guidance but okay yeah 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 Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: apparently the james bond series we're talking roger moore back then but uh the bond series was on a bit of a hiatus and mm -hmm. that that set was just going spare so they just utilized it at pinewood and uh yeah that is actually m's office you know Uh, okay (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we next see the dragon um, towards the end of the show. Uh, the moon has drifted close to the graveyard. And Celini uh, he steals an eagle uh, to go back for a rematch. Um, in this one, I mean, it's just as horrific as we saw at the beginning. But yeah. now, it, it, if anything, it's more horrific because we get him up close with the dragon. We've got him with a knife stabbing (laughs) for all he's worth into this body of this creature there's blood um initially it looks orange but later on it looks red but you've got blood pouring down over the dragon's eye i mean it's like again what the heck were they thinking
0: yeah (laughs) that's (laughs) yeah it's um that is tense that's the one where the it's also the, the one tentacle is tearing the the rope Yes. as well right yeah that's, yeah. Per, that's like a, the appearances was the, the first appearance well we talked about it that was intense this is you're right you had the knife into it you had the tension of the safety line he's got tied to the ship being torn off this is they've out, managed to outdo themselves from the first appearance of the monster it's pretty impressive and Absolutely. surprising
1: the only thing that lets this part down is um, if you look closely uh, there is quite an unfortunate use of wires on some of the tentacles
0: Um, I haven't noticed, but I'm sure on a second view, I tend not to notice those things unless they're really bad on the first viewing of stuff. Second viewing, I may may see that if I, I, now that it's pointed out as well, but yeah, I don't notice that the first viewing, which is actually to my benefit to enjoy these things.
1: I'm sure most people back in 75 didn't. You know, I mean, this has come up again and again on this show is that, you know, you're looking at, um, um, things in hd now on big television right, you know, yeah. <laughs> with a pause facility they were never meant to uh hold up to this amount of scrutiny were they you know right right okay right well that's pretty pretty much it uh koenig and crew come along um um the dragon is killed and away they go with some um uh it's a very ambivalent ending where um helena says it it didn't record as actually being alive so they don't know whether it actually was alive and if it is dead now you know yeah right and I like that I, I mean a lot of people you know they that, that they've said over the years well why why before the moon drifted past the graveyard why didn't they try you know hooking up to some of those ships that are there and bring that technology back to the moon you know and maybe they could utilize it and learn and try and maybe get back to earth using these things but this creature, I'm figuring, could have just appeared in any of the ships. So, you know, yeah, yeah, strange one, a strange yeah. episode, don't you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, didn't know what I was getting into, so I, I have no history of it. So it's yeah, it's it was uh, again, not what I expected the series to be from what little I knew about it, but but did really enjoy it
1: yeah actually i'm thinking about it now maybe maybe what i should have done is actually introduce you to a couple of standard episodes first to actually get you into the habit of what the show kind of was because then you would have realized just how radically different this one was to the others if you mm. see what I mean
0: gotcha yeah. yeah
1: anyway anyway what's done is done anyway okay <laughs> on to behind the scenes um the dragon was designed by the show's designer. He's a guy by the name of Keith Wilson. He 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 designed an awful lot in Space 1999. The modular sets, uh, uh, the communicators that you see, um, an awful lot of the show is down to him and his crew. Um, and they built uh, they built the dragon as a full size prop. Okay.
0: Mhm. Um, okay. Oh yeah, that that I had no no doubt. I mean, that for seventy five to match. Well, <laughs> gosh to try to rotoscope all the moving parts of the <laughs> monster's tentacles and have the actor interact with it would have been oh that would have been a, a nightmare. Can you imagine trying to razor cut celluloid the small little 35 millimeter frame for every single one of those tentacles and match it against another one. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It would take you out of it. I mean, we, we we were talking about this about, uh, we were talking about uh, John Carpenter's the thing. And because they are practical effects happening live on set, not only are they they believable, but the actors have something to act against rather than imagining there's a stop motion thing there, you know, Um, the tentacles were made of hollow rubber um some moved by uh the unfortunate wires but some were made by firing compressed air down them okay if 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 you have a hollow tube and fire compressed air down it it wriggles and and yep. goes mad yeah, and yeah, um yeah. Yeah, it, it's a trick they did ten years later uh, to make that face hugger's tail um, flail around in aliens. Oh. <laughs> it's exactly the same technique, which I love. I love the fact that you can have something ten years apart and they're doing exactly the same thing to get, you know, this brilliant effect. Right? Yeah. Um, in the and, script, I
0: never knew that's how they did it. But it's like now I think about it, it's like, wait a minute, if I turn on compressed air in my my garage. Oh, your brewery it, it, it thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that too, if I don't, yeah, if I don't have a cap, if I don't have something on the end to stop the air, that's exactly what the hose does. I never put the two and two together.
1: You're going to think of that next time you're yep. your brewery, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, in the script, it was supposed to have been a uh, character called Alan Carter, who's like, the you know, the main chief uh, pilot of the Eagles. Um, it was supposed to have been Alan Carter, who's the hero of the day, who, who arrives and kills the dragon. Uh, but apparently Ma- Martin Landau's people... They insisted that Koenig had to do it. Koenig is the, uh, you know, the hero of the show, and therefore he should have uh, the glory of killing the dragon. Okay. Um, um, yeah, not much I can say about that. Yeah, I don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's well for me with just being introduced to all the characters. It's, you know, it's <laughs> OK. It could have been anybody. And it would have had the same effect on me as far as the story went, probably.
1: Yeah, I, I know a major selling point, um, you know, to get back in for the show was that uh, you got Martin Landau in it and um, uh, what's her name? The lady who plays Helena. I've forgotten her name. Barbara Bain. Um, <laughs> you know, they they were still pretty hot off of the back of Mission Impossible. And, oh, OK. Um, you know, and that gave them an awful lot of um, leeway regarding s- script control and things like that, you know. Um. Anyway, the last little fact I've got and this is a very depressing fact it's a very depressing fact for an awful lot of um, films and TV shows over the year um, after filming the dragon was just dumped onto the back lot
0: yeah that's I, that doesn't surprise me i, I get um, I've gone through that with the uh, some of the universal monster stuff and even more so the toho stuff the other godzilla stuff where they just mm-hmm. throw the giant rubber suits and back I actually saw. Uh, This is way off topic with this. I saw a picture of a a litter of kittens living in the uh, Biolandi costume from like the 90s resurgence of it. I was like, oh, my God, how can you do that? How can you just throw it out in the backyard? As late as the 90s,
1: they were doing that.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be worth a fortune.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That is sad when those things just get tossed like that.
1: Yeah, and apparently it stayed there literally for years and it slowly rotted away. Of course. Yeah. And yeah, and and one of the script writers for the show was called Johnny Byrne. And he said he used to take his dog uh for walks out on the back lot and his dog very often would go over and, uh, over and pee on it. jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what he thought of that.
0: <laughs> you know yeah, apparently.
1: <laughs> so so that's all it all I've got. Even though it's, you know, it's a fantastic uh scene, uh there's not an awful lot on the background of it i i haven't been able to find as yet but 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 by the time this airs i might be able to have found some behind the scenes photos of um you know it in situ uh, mm-hmm. being built but so far no luck um but anyway we'll see um so if we're at the end of behind the scenes we're going into the rating of it okay so and and this is what's good because you've never seen this before it'd be nice to see what your rating is Coming into it completely in the twenty first century as an effect now.
0: Oh, as an effect now. Ooh, that's yeah, well a you, that's a tough
1: comparison. You can combine the two if you like. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: Um, actually, you know what though? Really, if I if I think about that, if I for the seventy five one, I mean, I would have given a four out of five. I think there could there is maybe a little bit more. I don't know how much more. Uh, I think a second or third viewing. I'd start picking it apart. So maybe there's uh, could have done a little more detail work on it, especially around the the maybe around the eye, maybe not. Or I don't know. Maybe I can't really specify anything on it. It's at least a four. Oh wait, is it? Do we ten, do ten? No, or five? I was going to say it's,
1: it's out of ten. Okay, then I
0: would say probably like eight out of ten. Same same difference. Mm-hmm. Going all the way forward to forty two years later, it, I would it, still put it. Okay.
1: I was going to say, it's just past its 42nd birthday,
0: which is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hate when we do math like that on all our shows.
1: It's depressing. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to anybody who's listening to this that is getting depressed right now.
0: (laughs) Especially when when you talk through it and you're like, that was just 10, 15, 20. Oh, man, that was 35 no, years ago. <laughs> I hate those moments. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, even 42 years later, I mean, it's still I'd still say it's in the six, seven range, probably closer to seven because practical effects are just I mean, they 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 stand the test of time better than any computer animation right now. I mean, there's got to be a day where. Computer animation finally crosses that threshold, but stuff that even today I'm looking at today on TV or in the movies that I think can't get any better, I'm sure five years from now I'll look at and just think it looks completely awful. So the practicality or the practical effect of it is it still holds up. I mean, it's it was we discussed it when its first appearance. It was terrifying the the lighting, the sun, Again, it's a whole combination of things. First is the design of the creature. The, the the unrecognizability of it, the the tentacles, the unnatural movement, then you add in the sounds and you add in the lights and you add in the chaos of the the wind, which is a really good element to introduce mm. that monster. It still holds up. I mean it's still at least I'd say at least a seven out of ten all these years later for me.
1: So what can I nail you nail you down to an actual figure then? Taking into yeah. everything you've just said into account. Yeah, we we'll
0: Yeah, let's get I'll I'll go I'll go with uh I'll go yeah, I'll stick with the seven
1: for both, I guess. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. Hmm. I've got to think about uh, what you said now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I back then. I mean, it, like I say, it was jaw dropping. Um, and even now, I, I, it was horrific then. It's horrific now. I think you know the upcoming um alien Co- covenant. If you put this into a modern-day film, filmed exactly like it was, with the sound effects, like you say, with that wind and everything, it it would pass muster. You could take that scene out, put it into a modern-day film, and people would accept it, I think. Um, despite a few wires uh, here and there, um, I, it's really hard to fault it. Um, I'm, I'm going to be more generous than you. I'm going to give it a 9. Okay. Okay, Uh, now if you give it a 7, I give it a 9, that's an average of an 8, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm more comfortable leaving it at an 8 than a 7, I would have probably walked away feeling bad, but that sounds good.
1: Don't feel bad, Matt. Don't feel bad. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's the uh, rating done. So that's the end of the show. Um, As usual, if anybody would like to um, go over to Facebook and Instagram, you never know. I might be able to find behind-the-scenes photos. But uh, if not, at least there will be pictures of the Beastie to make you uh, um, shudder a bit. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your time today, Matt. Sure. My pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll be seeing you, I'm sure, very soon. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Cheers, matey. Bye-bye.